Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. This episode is proudly sponsored by Vivino, the world's largest online wine marketplace. The Vivino app makes it easy to choose wine. Enjoy expert team support, door-to-door delivery, and honest wine reviews to help you choose the perfect wine for every occasion. Vivino, download the app on Apple or Android and discover an easier way to choose wine. Hi guys, uh, welcome to the... Italian Wine Club Clubhouse. Uh, my name is Joy Livingston, and tonight I'm standing in for Stevie Kim. This show is called Ambassador's Corner. I'm actually standing in for Stevie tonight because she actually got a couple new dogs today, two rescues, and um, they're busy destroying her house. Very, very cute. Yeah, she has her hands full, so I'm taking over for this evening. If you hear any grunting or snoring, that is my dog, because this week is all about the dog. So, <laughs> all right. So, anyway, this uh, show is called Ambassador's Corner, and um, I am here with Laika, the clubhouse organizer. Hi. Hi, everyone. Yeah, hi. <laughs> so, Amazing. We, we do these sessions every Thursday at 8 p.m. They are recorded and then hopefully released on the Italian Wine Podcast. Uh, we do this to reach more listeners, and it's helpful for those who can't participate just because of the time zone that they happen to be in. But um, we'll just hope that everything goes you know, swimmingly tonight so there's no issues with the recording. So the idea behind Ambassador's Corner is to give Italian wine ambassadors uh, all over the world and wine lovers the opportunity to interview their favorite producer. At the end of this discussion, we will give the audience a chance to participate, and they can ask questions, etc. Um, but right now, I'm, we have Mark Millen, who is the um, the host of our brand new show, Wine, Food, and Travel with Mark Millen. It's awesome, and it's on Tuesdays, and you guys should all listen to it because I love it. But yeah, anyway, definitely. <laughs> I know. Um, there's some PR, Mark. Sorry. So, basically, he is going to be interviewing Mario Fontana of Pashina Fontana this evening. I think this is the 16th installment. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is that right? Yes. Of Ambassador's Corner? Yes, it is. Cool. Okay. And I am going to let Mark introduce Mario, but I'm going to tell everyone about Mark first. Mark became an Italian wine ambassador in 2021. And he's been traveling, eating, drinking, and learning, and writing about food, wine, and travel for like 40 years. And he's, he's really interesting because he was born in Mexico with a, a mother from Hawaii via Korea and an anthropologist father from New York via Paris. Um, so really international guy. And he was weaned on exotic food, like really international. So Mark is and his wife, who is a photographer, are the authors of 14 books. Um, 
and including wine, food, and travel books. And uh, I could mention all the, there's so many, so I'm just going to skip over the uh, all the different titles. But um, he lectures and hosts gastronomic cultural tours in Italy, France, um, and the British West Country with Martin Randall Travel. And yeah, he's he's really He's an interesting guy, and I'm so happy to have him on the show tonight. So he is, uh, he lives in the UK, so right now it is not 8 o'clock, it is 7. <laughs> so anyway, Mark, how's it going? I'm going to ask you a couple questions before you start. Are you there? Hi, Joy. Hi, Lyke. Yes, I'm here. I'm delighted to be here with you. I'm delighted to be part of Ambassador's Corner. It's a series that I've really enjoyed listening to because I... You know, I haven't been able to meet any Italian wine ambassadors yet, or indeed you two, or Stevie, or any of the the Via team. Uh, so I've been doing all of, uh, you know, the podcasts and everything um, without meeting you all, but I've been following all of the different podcasts, and it's it's great to be here and to see some of you joining me as well. Awesome. Well, we're, we're going to meet on Monday for Wine to Wine, which is... Um Starting very soon on Sunday, there's there's a tasting panel, and then you know we've got Monday, we've got the Clubhouse Marathon because it's going to be awesome. It's going to be four hosts, including Mark. That that includes Mark, and it's mm-hmm. an hour and a half each host, and each host is going to be interviewing various people, either in Wine to Wine or just around the world, and it's just going to go on all day. And you people who listen in are going to be able to basically get an idea of what's going on um, at Wine to Wine. And, you know, some really interesting conversations are going to happen. So everybody should tune in on Monday, starting at 12 noon CET, Central European time. Anyway, sorry, Mark, I forgot to say that earlier. So I took the chance to, you reminded me. So Mark, tell us why you selected Mario Fontana as your favorite producer. Oh, gosh. Um, There are so many reasons I could say. I think, you know, listening to Ambassador's Corner, we've met a host of really great wine producers from all around the country, and each ambassador has their reason for picking the producer they want to really showcase. And I think I think all of the ambassadors are really proud of their association with the producer they pick. And I'm really proud to, to be introducing Mario Fontana who I've known for 30 years. You know, it's it, you're, you're right, Joy. I have been doing this for a very long time. I started when I was two years old. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I, um, but I, I have known Mario for 30 years. I've been drinking his wines for 30 years. And he's a small producer in the heart of the Le Lange, in the heart of the Barolo wine area a very small producer making wines that are very, very genuine. Mario makes wines from the heart. And his wines have been a big part of my life. They've been a big part of my life through good times. And we've also gone through some not so good times together. We've shared a lot of things. And no matter what the occasion, there is always wine. There's always Mario's wine. And so they mean a lot to me. And I want to share Mario, introduce Mario to the VIA community and indeed to listeners of Italian Wine Podcast because I really believe in his approach to wine and his approach to to life itself. So uh, what do you think you're, like, what are the learning objectives uh, that we should expect from, from the interview that's about to happen? 
Well, I think it's really going to be interesting to hear Mario's approach to winemaking. Uh, he um, will be learning about the grapes he cultivates, about his terroir uh, in um, particularly some of the MGA vineyards that he has, and it really his, his, his natural approach to making wines as purely as possible. And that's the main thing I want to... Uh, I want people to uh, to um, learn from this of just how you know the small producer can make really genuine wines and wines and although he is small that are now being recognized um, all all over the world he's winning awards he's getting accolades in in the Gambaro Rosso and uh, it, it's great for me I feel very proud having seen Mario starting uh, 30 years ago, to see what he's built and created along with his wonderful family. Cool. Actually, you touched on my next question already, but, um, uh, you know, how did you, 30 years ago, how did you discover the wines of Cascina Fontana? Like, how did you stumble upon them? What was your first uh, introduction? Well, actually, Joy, that's a really um, interesting and rather long answer to that question. But basically, Kim and I had been writing a book, The Wine Roads of Italy, in 1990. Uh, the book came out in 1991 and then another edition in 92. But we, we had been in Italy for over a year. And when we returned to our small town uh, here on the River X in Devon, southwest England, uh, an Italian had moved into town and opened a wonderful restaurant, a really genuine Italian restaurant called Nello's Ristorante. And this was Nello Getzo, who quickly became my best friend. And I helped him with his wine list. And, and that, that restaurant was, was like a second home to, to me and really to, to our whole community. And one day... We had a telephone call. Nello called me up and he asked me to come around because he had heard that a young wine producer had driven over from his vineyards in Le Lange, in the Barolo wine hills, with a van full of wine. And he was looking for serious restaurants who, would, who, who might be interested in buying his wine. So I, I went around. The restaurant was five minutes from my house. So I went around and... Uh, met Mario for the first time, who 30 years ago, he was, he was a very young man, and he was really, you know, there to, really, it was quite a brave thing to do to, to you know, there's no channel tunnel, and he just put, you know, drove across France and got on a ferry boat with a, with a furgone, a white van full of, full of his wine, and he was looking for serious restaurants where he could re create some relationships. And that's really where it started. But it became much more than that because Mario used to come out twice a year. We would, we would shift about 100 cases of wine um, down into the cellar. And then we would spend a day or two, you know, drinking wine and eating and, and getting to know each other. And, and this strong friendship developed. In 1997, Nello and I were great cycling chums. Um, of course, Joy, you met me first when I was writing and talking about the Giro d'Italia. Cycling is one of my passions. And Nello and I cycled from Devon, from Topsham, Devon, to Venice. Uh, my mother had lived in Venice, and uh, Nello himself was from the Venetian Lagoon. And so we, we decided to cycle. My mother had died very young, and uh, it was a way to raise money for cancer. 
And along the way, we had various stops, but the most memorable was when we cycled into Alba, and Mario was there to greet us. The sindaco was a, of the town was there to greet us in the comune, and it was just just a great moment. And of course, that night we we uh, Mario's mother cooked a wonderful meal. I can remember it still: the agnolotti al plin and brasato al barolo. And we drank a great deal of wine to fortify us for the rest of the journey to Venice. So this is a friendship that developed over a long period. And as I say, there have been some good times and there's been some not so good times. But the friendship has really, really continued. We've had some tragedies we've gone through together. But um, through it all, there's friendship and there's wine. And that's what this is really about. Huh. Well, it it sounds awesome. And I, you know what, I... I would say that it, my time is has now ended. It's up to you, Mark. I'm going to give the floor to you. And hi there, Mario. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Mario. Okay, so uh, you guys take it away. I'm going to mute myself now. Take care. Okay, thanks, Joy. Well, okay. I'll just introduce to uh, our group uh, Mario Fontana, who, together with his wife Luisa and sons Eduardo and Vasco, the proprietors of Cascino Fontana, which is a tiny estate, five hectares, um, dedicated exclusively to the cultivation of the classic grape varieties of Le Langhe, Dolcetto, Barbera, and Nebbiolo. And Mario's Vineyards are located in the, some of the best zones of production in the Comune of Castiglione Filetto. Uh, it, it's a wholly traditional estate that respects and above all follows the culture, traditions, and the history of Le Lange. And Mario oversees everything himself, from tending the vineyards, to making the wines, to taking them around the world to sell them. So uh, it's very much a small operation of the highest quality. Um, ciao Mario, come stai? How are you tonight? Ciao Mark. Everything is okay. Uh, we have uh, our finished harvest uh, yesterday. So now uh, we are really in, uh, we start relaxing time. You've got a lot of work still to do in the cellar, though. I saw a little video today of the Barolo, the Mosto di Barolo, the, the Nebbiolo for the Barolo. It looks like you've been doing the rimontaggio, the pumping of the of the must back over the skins and all of that work in the cellar. You don't get an easy night to sleep just yet, do you? Yes, uh, sure. Now is uh, like to have a small baby nella um, culla, okay? And uh, so we need to 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 have uh, the uh, maximum attention. Uh, in fact, we at the start uh, we need to uh, uh, pumping over. Uh, the wine from uh, for a long time for a few time a days from the early morning until uh, later in the evening okay and is that all done now with the with the barbera the dolcetto is the dolcetto you don't have to worry about anymore that's completely ready now uh, to leave is that right yes the dolcetto is uh, we can start to drink uh, is uh, we have, we have uh, yet uh, Reiki two times. Is uh, is yet is yet ferment uh, uh, ferment, and uh, also we have uh, yet press and uh, Reiki two times. 
now is uh, outside of the cellar in a in a tank uh, for to keep uh, the cold temperature of the of the night okay so the dolcetto now is in that tank with the cold stabilization which we'll talk about later but i i recall you said the dolcetto is ready to drink i can remember mario being with you at this time of year and it's a really exciting moment because you would go down into the cellar and just draw out some jugs of the of the dolcetto still a little bit sweet the fermentation isn't really complete but there's that sweet frothy mosto di dolcetto and we i can recall we would sit around the campfire and and uh, you know roast some chestnuts and drink that that uh, wine that's not yet wine and it's it's very much an autumn ritual it's something that is of the season of this moment of the year Yes, the the first uh, perfume that uh, I listen in uh, in uh, normally in the autumn is the perfume of the Dolcetto wine. Uh, is really typical for me, and uh, uh, when I listen this kind of perfume, uh, I understand that the, the autumn will be start very early, and also um, uh, I I think uh, for to change a little bit the the food in house. Uh, we start to eat uh, pepperoni or uh, uh, autumn vegetables uh, like uh, uh, cardi or uh, barbabietole or uh, it change also the, the food in the house uh, because the, the season is changing uh, also we, we, we changing our uh, lifestyle. Yeah, I guess it's just that, that change of the work in the vineyard is finished, then the then you move into the cellar, the autumn foods, the banya cauda soon, and then of course moving into more wintry foods. Mario, you um, you were uh, you created Cascina Fontana yourself. Was it 1994, 1995 that you began your own activity? Uh, was in uh, 1994 in uh, December because the last. Uh, uh, vintage with uh, my family winery was in 19, 1994, and I decided uh, during the summer of '94 uh, to to start my uh, my own project in uh, winemaking. But uh, I helped my family to to make the '94 vintage, and after that I I live for and open a Cascina Fontana uh, winery. Uh, yeah, I remember those days, Mario. It was a very um, brave thing to do, but also a very difficult. And, you know, you, you were um, starting f uh, really from scratch to create a new label, a, a new winery, and you moved to Perno. And I can recall those early years of, of, of hard work. And, you know, it's... Um, um, I'm so glad to see the success you have now, but I know that it didn't come easily. And meanwhile, your family has grown up, and uh, you know it's great to see you in the new house that you and Louisa built with the with the wine cellar underneath. And I can imagine now that the those big Barolo barrels are are full, and you know that the smells in the house of the fermenting wine. It's a it's a it's a happy time of year. And it's, you know, it's well-deserved for all the hard work that you've done. Yes, it was, uh, was hard, really hard, because uh, 
when I restarted in, uh, in my uh, new winery with my uh, personal concept in the wine, uh, was also a very difficult moment for the classical style wine and the traditional way wine. And for me was um, was really uh, uh, hard to uh, believe in me. But I not uh, I not change my uh, I concept in the wine. Uh, for to follow the market uh, um, uh, concept wine, uh, or to follow only the uh, the money or convenience money, but I prefer uh, I want to continue produce wine following uh, the old uh, concept in the wine. So classical wine, classical wine, traditional style, and. Uh, uh, the wine uh, where the a seller where the wine not follow the uh, the man, but is a man that follow the wine. I remember you telling me your concepts of wine and and what you learned from your grandfather Savadio, and uh, you know you're the sixth generation of wine growers in the Fontana family. So there are a lot of generations that have. That, are, that know the land, know your vineyards, that have ne- and passed on this intimate knowledge to you. And I know that you've been very respectful of the tradition and the traditional way of making wine. What would you say that you learned most from your forefathers, from your grandfather, and how has that impacted on your philosophy as a winemaker? Really, I, I guess what I want to mean is, what I, I think I'd like us to know is, what does it mean to you to be a traditional producer of Barolo? I think that for to uh, answer this question, we need to have more of one day. But I can try. We need uh, a bottle of Barolo. <laughs> Maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or or a manium uh, is better. Yes. But <laughs> but uh, sure. Um, in the first uh, to uh, uh, produce uh, uh, wine is uh, to follow and uh, to um, show a kind of uh, etica morale. Etica? Etica morale. Uh, I don't know in English the name. No, you're talking about being ethical, being ethical in all ways. In, in, I guess you okay. mean the vineyard, being, in the way being, you treat the vines, yeah. but also in the way you deal with life yes is uh, because uh, uh, the wine is for sale sure but uh, uh, our uh, uh, fashion and our thinking is not for sale our anima anima hand, so, so the spirit the spirit the soul is, is not in uh, for sale okay is is not for sale and uh, when I uh, um, when I decided to restart uh, to produce wine or continue produce wine uh, like uh, uh, the other generation, so following the the, the pure uh, style, artisanal style, uh, for me was also a way for to feel good for me feel me good, okay. 
mm-hmm. and uh, also is a way for to uh, uh, maintain my uh, moral ethica morale my uh, la morale etica uh, and also for me was uh, was uh, not uh, um, uh, good uh, to change the wine vision okay just uh, only for, because the market asked that okay the business asked that we're talking uh, about a time when there was this sort of tendency to be the modern style versus yeah, traditional. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, and in in the time, uh, I I prefer to uh, to respect the work and uh, that and my family, other generation, that uh, from nearly two hundred years they do in the same way for to arrive to produce this kind of wine and for to show in the war our wine, our style wine, okay? And uh, I think that uh, this uh, is uh, one of the uh, one of the most important reasons that uh, uh, drive me to not uh, change uh, style in winemaking. Okay, and it's also not just the the way of winemaking. I know that you you believe very much that wine begins in the vineyard and the way you treat your vineyard in terms of the pest control, um, using natural manure, um, when you're making your wines, the, using the natural yeast on the grapes, not putting in a cultured yeast. All of these factors are part of being what you mean, being a traditional winemaker, is making wines respecting what your um, ancestors, what your um, generations before have done. Can you explain some of those things that you do? Uh, yes. Um, uh, respect is a, is a, a word that uh, uh, we, um, we follow in a, in a different part of the work that we do for to produce wine. Uh, sure, uh, to produce wine uh, uh, in a, uh, uh, artisanal way, uh, you are uh, uh, for uh, we are obligated, uh, okay, to follow uh, a, a organic concept in the vineyards, okay, and also to produce uh, uh, quality grapes, a kind of quality grapes that uh, um, give us a possibility to produce this kind of wine, uh, classical style, so elegance and finesse. So, example, we, uh, in the vineyards, we are not looking for to, not work for to have a big concentration, super alcohol, or, uh, uh, or super concentration, or extra in the wine. But we prefer to, uh, follow the um, the uh, the work in the vineyards. Leave uh, the grapes enough for to have uh, balance in the wine. Some uh, vintage we produce uh, a lot of grapes for not to have uh, extreme concentration wine. Or example, uh, we uh, we prefer to use uh, 
manure uh, is a fertilizant for for mountain because in the mountain uh, uh, the cow have uh, uh, eat natural uh, grass and not contaminate and they are not contaminated uh, with uh, a lot of things that is possible that can uh, that can uh, have in uh, in other uh, concept of uh, uh, cow farmer uh, is very pure manure it is a manure that uh, uh, is a two years age before that we use so have uh, only incredible benefits for the for the wines and have a very low uh, they give a very low way is the elements and the vines this kind of manure because uh, uh, several times my grandfather tell me Mario uh, the, the vines are uh, like a man, okay? Uh, depends uh, how you, how you uh, keep this man. If you keep this man in, uh, with uh, good food and uh, you not push so hard and uh, you respect this man and uh, uh, you not go in a control against, you can have uh, uh, incredible a lot of satisfaction, okay? It's the same for the vines. We must to follow the vines. Uh, we not, it's not possible for us to uh, decide on the on the desk uh, what kind of vintage we'll be uh, have next year or what kind of wine we will have uh, uh, tomorrow, okay? No, we not decide nothing. We can only follow and uh, following the best way for to have uh, our uh, concept in a wine with this kind of uh, with this kind of, uh, of, of, of work yes I, I I see what you mean about following each cycle of year and I know you've spoken to me about this about how you don't really think that you can say one year is better than the other any more than you could say one child is more favorite than another child. They're all different and your job is to allow the grapes to express that particular terroir but also the, that particular year, that growing season. Let's talk about the Cascina Fontana Barolo. Berry Brothers and Rudd, one of the oldest and most respected importers in London, um, who you work with, say that of all the Barolos on their very famous and considerable list, yours are the most Burgundian. I, I guess this, this is, I take this to mean from what you've just said as well, that uh, they're the most restrained, perhaps the most elegant. Is, is that what you're trying to achieve when you make Barolo? Uh, the style of Barolo that you're trying to, to express. There are some people that think in uh, Barolo like a wine, uh, strong, uh, black, uh, uh, with a big, uh, uh, big, big concentration. No, the Barolo is uh, uh, elegant, finesse. Uh, the original Barolo is a wine that uh, uh, you can uh, 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 drink. Uh, and only enjoy without uh, feel uh, uh, some in uh, your mouth that uh, uh, there are uh, some elements in the, your mouth that are more upper than the other. 
okay, is a very uh, is a question of balance of elegance and finesse. For to produce this kind of barolo, uh, is uh, really important the first uh, okay the work in the vineyards, so not concentration in the vineyards, so uh, also not uh, have uh, uh, high density of uh, wines by the hectare, but have low density uh, uh, by wines by hectare, for to have more grapes each vines. And also in the cellar, is, uh, in the first, uh, uh, it's really important to make the uh, uh, natural start from the fermentation. Because there is the, the, the origin of the DNA is, is there. The DNA in the wine is, uh, is for, the DNA is formed, is formed when, is formed when uh, uh, the fermentation starts. If you change this part of the wine, you change the DNA of the wine. If you use selected yeast for to uh, bring the wine to be uh, different than the original, because you need uh, the mark that, or you need uh, to wine more more black, more uh, juicy, more uh, cherry, more uh, strawberry, is. Uh, you, you lost the origin, okay? But if you have a natural start and also you have a, a natural ferm uh, fermentation without using um, temperature control is another important point. We don't use, a, uh, we don't have a, 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 a tank uh, um, climatization uh, time with temperature control. Also, if, uh, uh, in example, for us, is uh, very important uh, to keep from the skin uh, the, the structure uh, in a wine, but uh, uh, in very low way. In fact, uh, the grapes, when arrive in the cellar, are only uh, um, stems, not uh, uh, crash, okay? So we the skin going uh, in a tank uh, with with the most uh, uh, nearly nearly um, nearly not pressed but uh, oh, okay uh, ne nearly intact intact oh, okay? okay nearly intact and uh, in this way there is a more uh, slow um, uh, extraction in the wine. And also, in that time, without using selected yeast, uh, we have a possibility uh, to uh, do we have two, three days before the fermentation start for to make the pumping over and for to uh, have extraction of the, the uh, red fruit, more, fa more uh, uh, soft fruit, more red fruit, not black, and uh, for the freshness of the wine. And at the end, uh, we use for Barolo uh, to make the long maturation. Long maturation that depends from the year can be uh, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks uh, long uh, after the fermentation for to have more extraction from the skin. Uh, the, last extra the last extraction from the skin is uh, 
uh, what remains uh, underway for to aging from very very long time. <clears throat> so it is the 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 Barolo uh, classical uh, way, classical style way for to have uh, origin, for to have elegance, and for for to have finesse. But also this way will be very balanced. Need a little bit more time for to arrive for the balance, but it will be really, really fine and uh, 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 very pleasant yeah. for to drink. As you know, I'm a great fan of your Barolo, and particularly, you know, I know the vineyards you have in Castiglione Faletto. You're now making a comune di Castiglione Faletto Barolo from the crew Villero and Mariondini, the Valetti, Mariondini wines. What would you say is, it, it, you know, with the, the Comune di, Ser, di Castiglione Faletto style compared to, say, La Mora or Barolo, uh, is there a classic Castiglione Faletto style? Castiglione Faletto is uh, a f- uh, part of the terroir of the Barolo area, um, uh, situated in the center of the uh, Barolo area. In the in the uh, north part of Barolo, there is the part of La Morra and Arduno. Um, also, Barolo is uh, the soil there is uh, uh, more rich and more rich of organic things because it's more, more younger than the other part. And so the wine give, uh, the vines work uh, more hard. Uh, there are, uh, in that part, uh, there is uh, um, another kind of vegetation for the vines. And uh, the grapes and the wines are more richness in juicy because the um, uh, uh, part or richness part of uh, uh, um, of the of the soil give this wine a kind of wine ready for to drink more young, but also very rich in the, in the juicy. Okay. Also, it's possible to age in this kind of barolo, but not like the barolo that is from other part of the barolo area. Other part of the Barolo area uh, is, example, uh, are coming in Monforte, Serralunga, Castillo de Falletto. This part of the of the uh, terroir is a more old origin, is uh, original, is an uh, origin Elveziane, okay, uh, Elvetian period, and they have 12, uh, 11, 12 millions years of origin. And uh, in, in this part of the soil is more poor than uh, part of La Mora that have only uh, seven, six, seven million year origin because it's a Tortonian origin, okay? So this part of the soil, uh, more older, uh, uh, present on the soil uh, different characteristic is uh, more pure, is more limestone, and also stay, uh, uh, part of the um, sabbia, uh, sand, also sand. 
and, uh, and the wine that uh, are made on this kind on this kind of terroir are wine less rich of juicy but more rich of minerality of uh, uh, structure in the wine but also the tannins are very very silk and very elegant so our wine uh, is evolving more slow way and uh, uh, wine for to keep really very long time but for drink for to wait in some years more before to drink so there are two big areas in Barolo uh, in Barolo uh, more youngest area and more oldest, older area. And uh, it's possible to produce very good Barolo in, uh, in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the both part of the soil. But from Lamora is more richness and for to drink more younger and richness in juicy. For Insta Lunga, Castiglione and uh, Monforte is a soil more older. <coughs> And so, in the ROI for to keep more long, uh, more long time. Castillo de Falletto is in the center. Is in the center. Uh, Castillo de Falletto uh, have a characteristic of uh, elegance and finesse and also structure. Is not not have a part of the juice of la morra, but also not have a part of a big, really big structure of a Serlunga dalbe, example. So the balance in the Castillo Faletto is uh, nearly perfect. And uh, I enjoy to exalt in winemaking this part, this, this characteristic of the soil. And uh, example, we have uh, MGA Villero and MGA Mariondino. Is Valletti the name of the parcel in Mariondino? And, uh, from, uh, uh, and are very close. Uh, are about uh, less than one kilometer of this of far. But uh, Villero is uh, limestone, a little bit sandy, and is uh, uh, given at the wine characteristic of really uh, finesse and elegance. Also in the perfume, are very richness in the perfume, but elegance and finesse. The part of Mariondino in the end of our parcel, uh, Valletti, is similar, uh, the terrain is similar to Villero, but is uh, not sandy, is more compact. And uh, from this soil, we have a part of minerality and the structure in the wine. So it's a natural, very good blend because we have uh, elegance finesse with Villero and also we have a structure and minerality from uh, uh, Valletti for our Barolo Casino Okay, that's so, really fascinating to hear, Mario, and especially for Italian wine ambassadors. You know, we've been studying soils and learning about different eras, but to hear about that very, very clearly explained with how the, uh, the soil changes through the different epochs, these simply, you know, matters of millions of years that now have such a profound effect on the soil. And that subtle difference between Mariondini and, uh, and Villero. So uh, that's, that's a really, really useful way and very beautiful way to explain uh, the wines of Castiglione Falato, in particular, your Barolo. Now, I just want to mention one more wine, uh, and then um, um, perhaps we'll talk a little bit about food. 
But um, when you were 50, you decided to play around in the cellar and make a wine that I never thought that you would make, using Barolo, Nebbiolo grapes that could have been Barolo to make a natural wine, a wine without any sulfur at all, a simple vino rosso. And this wine has actually been a huge success. I was in the Banca del Vino in Polenzo, the slow, slow food um, repository, this great collection of wines from all over Italy, and your triple A um, Vino Rosso um, was in the Banca del Vino on the, in the permanent display. It's a wine that has had a huge success, and I wonder, was that a surprise to you when you first decided to begin to make it? I'm actually sipping a glass right now of the 2016, which I think was the first year you made the wine. Sometime when uh, in the life when uh, uh, you arrive at 50, uh, um, uh, you want to change something, <laughs> I think. But uh, for me uh, to produce this kind of uh, the wine uh, without sulfite and uh, was uh, simply a, a, a try, simply try that they want to do because. Uh, there was uh, uh, too many people that asked me about what they think about uh, uh, the wine without produced without sulfite. And then I tell them, I don't know, because I never try. And honestly, I, I think it wasn't possible to produce uh, uh, a, a, a high quality wine without sulfide, because uh, mm, uh, the other uh, listen, other uh, enologist or other winemaker or uh, other person in winemaking ever, they tell me, Mario, no, it's not possible to produce wine without sulfide because the wine will be uh, grown, will be uh, uh, will be uh, def defect, uh, volatile, alta, high volatile, uh, or reduction, or uh, breath, or uh, a lot of things, or os oxidation. So in two 2015, uh, there was a really great uh, vintage, and uh, in, from uh, Gallinotto Vignaz is a crew of Barolo, of the property of my wife, that we use for Barolo Classico, for the blend of Barolo Classico, with Cassione Falletto. Nice. Ten lines of uh, Vignaz for to produce uh, some, a little uh, tank of uh, uh, wine without add sulfide. Just only for to try. Was, was curious. And uh, um, I do that. I use a uh, simple. Uh, uh, I made the wine uh, like I use uh, uh, to produce other wines, uh, but only I not add the sulfide. And I use uh, a uh, uh, fiberglass uh, tank and made uh, fermentation. And uh, after in the winter, I start to try. And uh, my big, uh, my uh, my 
my big uh, uh, pleasure was when during the winter a selector of uh, triple A distribution of uh, Italian distribution, wine distribution, uh, especially Z in uh, uh, natural wines, came in the winery for to try the wines because I know uh, it was uh, is uh, Alberto Farinasso. I know very well. I try, we try all the wine at the end. Uh, I, uh, I I give uh, this Nebbiolo without sulfite to try to to Alberto, but. I was uh, I wasn't so sure to do or or not him to try or not because honestly um, I was a little bit um, uh, uh, scared scared of this because uh, in uh, our Barolo area uh, everyone was uh, uh, really farmer. But uh, after the Barolo started to sell very well in the world, uh, too many persons uh, have an, um, a little bit aristocratic uh, uh, attention, uh, attitude. <laughs> and also some uh, other waymakers uh, look in, uh, in me uh, something of worst uh, when, I start, uh, when they know that I start to produce this kind of wine, just only for to try. But, okay, uh, Alberto Farinasso try, and so we start a collaboration with the Triple E uh, distribution of Vellier in, in Italy of this wine. And uh, sure, was uh, money that was possible that uh, at the start I think that uh, lost a lot of money because it was better to sell Barolo, a bottle of Barolo than uh, red wine without sulfite. Because the price uh, <laughs> for Barolo is uh, three double, but uh, this wine uh, give me big, big satisfaction, also for uh, for uh, commercial business uh, business. business, because uh, Velier uh, um, uh, send this wine in uh, a, a lot of part of Italy, and this wine was uh, in the hand of. Uh, a lot of uh, restaurant and uh, wine bar, uh, enotech, uh, and uh, in Italy in that time I not sell nearly I sell nearly nothing. My my sell uh, my most big part of sell was uh, outside Italy, and from uh, this adventure in uh, and uh, after uh, the wine was in it, this kind of wine was in Italy. Hello, <laughs> incredible! A lot of people ask uh, as also for others wine, uh, Barolo and Dolcetto, Barbera, Nebbiolo, and uh, in two years uh, we uh, uh, we arrived to sell the 40% of, of our production in Italy. And uh, so we uh, we um, drive, right? uh, we turn the wine from export to Italy uh, for 40%. So it was incredible success for this wine. That's incredible. And I remember when you made the wine, you for every box of six, you had a different color label in each bottle. And you said to me, well, I don't know how this wine is going to evolve. Each bottle might be different. I'm drinking the 2016 right now, and it's still, well, I think what's most striking about it is the purity of the fruit. It still has the most gorgeous fruit 
coming through that's very intense. Um, and, you know, I think that's a credit to the quality of your, the grapes that you grow and to how well you make wine. Because it's a beautiful wine, very different from Barolo, very different from your Lange Nebbiolo. But it's a wine I love and I'm not surprised it's been such a success. Now, finally, Mario, um, it's now we're approaching the end of our chat. It's been so nice to, to catch up with you. Have you eaten dinner yet? I'm just wondering what you're eating. You know, I've had some so many good meals in your house and it always makes me hungry just thinking about it. So have you eaten? Are you about to eat? What's on the menu for tonight? What are you eating? No, I not have. Uh, um, I not eat uh, this evening. Uh, uh, and honestly, my wife uh, asked me before uh, what I would like to have for dinner. <laughs> but I tell, I tell uh, she that uh, I don't know in that moment because I won't make a concentration <laughs> for for this uh, live uh, interview. Uh, but uh, uh, about. Uh, Cascina Fontana wines. If I uh, if I need to if I need to make a, a menu with our wines, I can uh, um, start example with the dolcetto mm, with a glass of dolcetto with uh, un- like nearly aperitivo or with antipasti. And after, uh, I like the, to suggest uh, a uh, Barbera d'Alba with a really great uh, tiring uh, ragu, with a really, really strong ragu and Barbera d'Alba. And uh, uh, for the second, uh, I like it for the second, for the main course, uh, it's possible to have uh, uh, or Barolo, young, sure, uh, or Lange Nebbiolo. And uh, sure, I like it to have a Brasato Barolo with Nebbiolo or Barolo wine, but young, not old. With the, with the cheese, I like it uh, to have uh, uh, Nebbiolo senza sulfiti, the red wine, but a little bit uh, cold for two... Uh, separate uh, for to separate separate uh, from the uh, for for even a stop okay a break with the cheese I like it to have a sweet cheese or also a little bit aged cheese but um, uh, uh, soft with uh, nebbiolo senza sulfiti cold service okay. And uh, uh, with the um, uh, with the dessert, I like it to have uh, uh, example uh, uh, torta di nocciola as a nut cake with a Barolo bottle. For me, Barolo bottle means to drink a Barolo with uh, tw- 20, 25, 30, 40 years. Okay, for me that is uh, Barolo. For to drink, uh, just only for uh, a little bit piece of cake, uh, is nuts cake, or a biscuit. Wow, you've made us all hungry, Mario, wherever we are listening. Uh, it's been a wonderful chance to talk. And, you know, I haven't seen you in a little while through this crazy period we've all lived through. But I'm delighted that you and Louisa will be going 
to Taormina next week. Is that right? And we perhaps can meet up. I know that some of the other Italian wine ambassadors will be down there with me, and it would be great if those who are listening and others who may listen later uh, will have a chance to meet you. So I'm really looking forward to catching up with you. Yeah, so Joy, are you here with me? I sure am. <laughs> so, it, no, it was a wonderful... I'm wonderful. getting hungry, I swear, like I after know, listening I'm to Mario. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and Mario didn't, Mario didn't even mention that we're now, of course, coming into the exciting season of the Tartuffi Bianchi di Alba, oh which gosh, is also a amazing. special moment of the year and a, and a wonderful um, food specialty that is linked intimately to Alba. Well, um, I know that um, normally we would actually, I have a few questions, but the problem is that we are almost at the hour and so I, um, I'm going to take the opportunity to thank Mario and his son Eduardo for, for kindly interpreting. Uh, we could hear him every so often helping his dad out. So I think that's really sweet. And um, Mark, you know what I would say? If anybody has any questions uh, for Mario or Mark, uh, you feel free to just ping us on Instagram or uh, just send us an email at the Italian Wine Podcast, info at italianwinepodcast.com, and we will happily pass them along. I'm going to close it up now. Uh, Mario, grazie mille, thank you. Grazie, Mario. E a presto. Ciao, grazie. Grazie, grazie a voi. Ciao, Ciao, Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, chin chin. I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.